Woody Womack joined by Mike Farrell for our first episode of Transfer Thursday. Each Thursday, Mike and I are going to be breaking down the biggest news from the Transfer Portal right here on YouTube. Also watch us on Twitter and elsewhere. Mike, you ready to get into it? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. So our transfer edition of the week, it's a little light this time of year, but Tyrone Truesdell transfers from Auburn to Florida, another Auburn defensive lineman headed down to Gainesville. This is a plug-and-play guy who's going to be eligible this season. Yeah, this was a late transfer. I, I don't know what he did. I, I, I My assumption is he did something. Um, I haven't dug into it, but this is a it's a big loss for Auburn and a, and a great um, grab for Florida because, you know, he's interior linemen in the in the portal are extremely valuable. They're, they're very hard to find big bodies that are athletic. He's got SEC experience um, and he's going to plug right into that rotation immediately. So there's some talent in there. Of course, you know, everybody sort of focuses on Garvon Dexter, but this kid's going to be SEC caliber interior lineman right away for them. So they, they kind of got lucky because it's a late one. All right. Now the, the big transfer story this week, uh, Cavante Bradford, former four-star running back transferred from LSU to Oklahoma uh, during the off season. And right before the season, he's back in the portal again. Rumors have been, he might go back to LSU there's sour grapes. You mentioned Lincoln Riley uh, commented on it today. Kind of explain this bizarre situation to us. Well, I mean, it was a weird transfer initially because this is a kid who wants to play right away. Very talented. Ed Orgeron loved him out of high school. Um, they didn't have an established running back at LSU. Um, you know, they've got some guys. You know, John Emery is a guy that we talked about at one point in time being a fringe five-star. But they don't have – you know, the guy. Um, so he he didn't fit in. Uh, he didn't fit into the offensive game plan. Went to Oklahoma, but Oklahoma's loaded. I mean, he wasn't going to play there. Um, you know, with the transfer portal, uh, obviously bring Eric Gray in there and, and you know, Kennedy Brooks back. I mean, uh, they're, they're probably five deep at Oklahoma for running backs. So that was an odd one um, already. You know, he's disgruntled. He's back in the portal. I don't know where he's going to land. Uh, LSU might take him back. Uh, like I said, Edo loved him, but you know, it's one of those where he's also probably going to be immediately eligible wherever he goes, because what I've learned from the Joey Gatewood situation is it's not a one-time transfer rule. It's an anytime transfer rule. Anytime you want to jump in, you'll be Im immediately eligible. Crazy story, really. Let's uh, if he ends up back at LSU. That's just going to give Oklahoma another reason. Uh, to dislike LSU, we know, uh, dating back to uh, the Jacob Phillips saga. Uh, oh, what, are you do, what are you doing? What are you doing? What is wrong with you? You can't stop yourself, right? Is that what it is? Yeah, that's right. I did nothing wrong. Our new social media manager before you did that. Not me. I'm innocent. That's true. You did not. We, we knew goodness. We knew Jacob Phillips was going to LSU for weeks, maybe even a month. I told uh, Josh McQuistion that, and uh, he didn't believe me, and that would be the last time he doesn't believe me. <laughs> but somebody, I mean, listen, our social media manager tagged the kid in an article where I said he'd be a better fit in the SEC, and now I'm, I'm, I've been dead ever since. So I love how you brought up Jacob Phillips. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay, our transfer alum of the week. This is a transfer that's <laughs> making news, making headlines, and this one is a big one. Former four-star Joe Milton, 
who one time uh, told me to go F myself when he didn't win the MVP at the mm -hmm. rival camp in Orlando. Uh, yeah. He has won the starting job at Tennessee after transferring from Michigan. And boy, he's everywhere. It seems like this is a, was a slam dunk. He came in late, took him no time to overtake uh, former five-star Harrison Bailey and uh, the quarterback transfer from yeah, so yeah. what do you think, Mike? Well, didn't he tell us to go F ourselves, too, when we invited him to the five-star challenge as well? Yeah, he was. Well, There's a I, couple I, of them. I had, I had told him, Joe, it's a, hey, you were great today, but Michael Panics was just a little bit better. And he said, yeah. you know, hey, Woody, I'll tell you what it's <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, and he was, uh, I think he was a replacement for the five-star challenge quarterback team. So he rightfully to told us to, to go. <laughs> where we should go um i i'm surprised i mean we all know what we saw in high school joe milton cannon of an arm uh very little touch very little consistency had a horrible senior year you know and kind of was projecting the wrong way wasn't developing so you know he looks great against minnesota last year at michigan maybe he's put it together then he stinks really bad uh moves on to tennessee and i'm like okay they've got a five star Harrison Bailey, they got to play him or he might end on the portal or Hendon Hooker, you know, had his moments at Virginia Tech. There's no way Joe Milton wins his job. So head scratcher to me. But again, I'm not a coach. I wasn't there at practices. I don't know who looks good, who looks bad. And, and this is not just Heifel's recruit. Harrison Bailey is not his guy. I could tell you this. If Jeremy Pruitt was still there, Harrison Bailey would be starting. Without so. Josh Heupel loves to throw the deep ball. We know we expect uh, Devin Hyatt to be running deep downfield. And uh, Devin Hyatt or Jalen Hyatt? What's Jalen? Jalen Hyatt. I don't Devin's know who Devin little, Hyatt is. but uh, Devin's his little brother, uh, who's also super fast. He's a 2023 four-star. Anyway, we expect Jalen to be running deep down the field. And Milton's got a cannon arm. Now, accuracy has been an issue. But I expect, especially against Bowling Green, which we'll talk about on our pick show, uh, I expect them to let the ball fly, and that, that should be exciting for Vols fans to see. It should be, but uh, they lost all their wide receivers. Well, the, hey, look, they still got Hyatt. I'm telling you, he, he's a... <laughs> I'm just saying, you got to have 50-50 ball guys for Joe Milton to be successful. You can't have guys that get wide open. All right. Well, I promise you that Hyatt, Devin Hyatt, J Jalen Hyatt, <laughs> Jalen Hyatt, Jalen Hyatt will score a touchdown of fifty yards or longer against Bowling Green. All right, Market. I'll, I'll take Market. that. Over under on that is a half. I'm taking the under. Okay. All right. We'll 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 settle the terms later. Okay. Some quick hitters. We're running out of time, Mike. Let's yes. go quickly. Quick. Joey Gatewood to UCF, eligible immediately. Do you think he plays this year at all? Tight end. Next. Tight end, maybe some goal line situations, he's right? Not, yeah, he's not a quarterback. We've learned that. It's taken us six years, but we've learned it. Uh, Andrew Chatfield transfers from Florida. This was a guy who was a contributor. Fell down the depth chart, huh? Couldn't, and couldn't make, couldn't it, make edge. Couldn't, you know, he's, he's a tweener. He's not a linebacker. He's too big and slow to be a linebacker. He's not an edge guy. So I'm not sure where he's going to end up. He had all the offers, you know, Miami, Florida State, Ohio State. Not sure. I see him as a group of five guy. And last but not least, T. Hodge, talented running back guy who got hurt late in high school, had a slow time coming back. He's at Tennessee. He's the latest vol into the portal. Uh, I don't know where he's going to end up either. I think, you know, a, a Memphis or somebody like that would be a good fit for him. But I will tell you this, the two running backs that used to be a Tennessee Volunteers, 
are both going to rush for a thousand yards this season and be superstars. Um, and, and it's just going to, it's going to dig that knife in deeper. All right. I would watch Kentucky. I haven't heard anything, but he is that Kentucky was heavily involved in his recruitment and he's Randall Cobb's nephew. So uh, didn't know that. That's a good one. Put that under your cap. All right. That wraps it up for transfer Tuesday. You could find or Thursday. You can find us every Thursday on the rivals YouTube channel. Search rivals features on YouTube. All right. Thanks Mike. Yeah. Thanks for the Jacob Phillips. Appreciate that. <laughs> Woody Womack here with Mike Farrell for a special midweek edition of Farrell's picks. We got a full Thursday slate. So we picked our best five games uh, to pick. So let's get right into it, Mike. We're going to start out temple at Rutgers. Rutgers a 14 and a half point favorite. That's a big line. Uh, it is a big line. And this is a game that a few years ago would have been the worst game to ever watch. Rutgers is much improved, but I like that 14 and a hook. I'm going to take, no, I'm not. I'm taking Rutgers. They're going to cover the two touchdowns because Juan <laughs> Mathis is the quarterback at Temple, and I just cannot allow myself to bet on Dwan Mathis. No offense to Dwan Mathis. He's a nice kid, but Rutgers is going to win by 17. Uh, guess what? What? I'm going to pick Temple. <laughs> I like Dwan. You know me. I was the biggest. I was he's a nice kid, but he's not good. Look. He was in an unenviable situation last year. They've had a chance to design the offense around him. I think they can keep it within two touchdowns, even if it means a garbage TD late. Okay. 16th team's a charm, correct? That's right. All right. Next up, uh, Boise State at UCF. This is going to be a good one. I can't believe they put this on Thursday, but it is on ESPN. I wish I was going to the game, what, the start of the Gus Malzahn era, the start of the Andy Avalos era. Uh who you got here, Mike? All right. So this line keeps creeping up a little bit. And, there, you know, there's a lot of money on, apparently, UCF. I think Boise State will cover. I think UCF wins at the bounce house. But I, I like Gil, uh, Dylan Gabriel. I like the offense. I just hope Gus doesn't put handcuffs on him like he usually does offensively. But I, I think this will be a field goal game. Yeah, UCF is loaded. They brought in a ton of transfers. They already had talent on the roster. Like you said, what does the offense look like? This is probably going to be a lot different than than last year uh, when with Gabriel's slinging the ball down the field 30, 40, 50 times a game. But uh, I'm going to take the Knights. I think they can win by a touchdown at home. Uh, a lot of games last year they should have, you know, blown out and some conservative coaching by uh, Josh Heupel led to some comebacks. So I'm going to go ahead and take uh, the homer pick and take UCF. So we're split on the first two, Mike. Yep, and you're going to win both of them. Next up, Ohio State at Minnesota. Minnesota getting two touchdowns. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Minnesota because they're at home. It's wow. the opener. Yeah, I know two touchdowns. I I, well, I don't hope. I mean, I'm not rooting for anybody, but I, in taking this spread, I I would hope they control the clock. Uh, I would hope we see a Tanner Morgan who's not awful like last year. Mo Ibrahim, you know, <laughs> running behind a good offensive line. And, you know, Ohio State working out some things, you know, new running backs, new quarterback. Um, you, you would think Ohio State would win this game by, I don't know, 20, 30. But I just feel that, that Minnesota is an experienced football team and they'll 
either push or, or keep it within 14. I am going to take my guy, CJ Stroud. We had a great time hanging out at the QB retreat back in uh, Memorial Day weekend. What a guy. And he's he was super confident. I think we're going to have a start to the season where you see him talking about, uh, you know, being talked about as the early Heisman guy. Uh, I'll tell you, four, plus 1,400, Woody, right now. He's plus 1,400 for the Heisman that I saw. I'm definitely putting something on that. Yeah, I like him a lot. Now, is Tanner Morgan playing for Minnesota? Because someone told me he was going to be a first-round pick in the 2020. You know what? Listen, (laughs) he regressed a little bit. I said he could be a late first-round. It was a little bit off, all right? But listen, at the same time, if if you'd said Mac Jones would be a first-rounder at the same time, people would have thought you were crazy. This was two years ago. Last year, he stunk. You need more weapons, too. That's the scary part. I mean, I'm beating it now. And I don't know. Maybe we'll see a resurgence. All right. The next game up on our sheet, Bowling Green at Tennessee. The Vols 35-point favorites. The line was 35-and-a-half, and I'm so mad I didn't grab it. Uh, what's your pick here, Mike? Bowling Green. They're horrible. <laughs> They're horrible. But nobody – Tennessee should never be laying 35 points against anybody. I don't care. This this is an unproven team. We got a new coach. Yes, he's going to put up big numbers. Yes, the offense looked great in the spring game. That was clearly the point of the spring game and, and, and spring football. But I don't know. Bowling Green scores a touchdown. I think they cover this. I just don't, you know, Tennessee's defense has a lot of holes in it. So I expect Bowling Green to put up at least 10 and, and keep this within 35. You mentioned the Vols' offense looked great in the spring. Who were they playing against? Uh, the Vols' defense. The Vols' defense. <laughs> so Bowling Green, one of the worst teams in all of FBS last year, but we don't need them to win. We need them to lose by less than five touchdowns. I, like I said, the 35 and a half was – That's you're talking about 49 to 14 as a cover and a win. I'm going to take Bowling Green too. I remember the last time they played the Vols, they gave them all sorts of problems. Uh, and then Butch Jones there, I believe. So uh, they were a little bit better back then. I'm trying to remember who their coach was. Who's the coach at uh, – who's the who's the coach at Syracuse? Dino Babers? Was he the coach at Bowling Green? I don't think so. Uh, Dino Babers was uh, – I don't know. Listen, that was 100 <laughs> years ago. I know Dino Babers is horrible at Syracuse. That's all I remember. <laughs> um, Bowling Green's awful. I mean, but yes. 35 for Tennessee, 35. That's a lot. Can they even score 35 points? That's my question. They might win 30 for nothing. You know why you were confused? Dino Babers was the coach at UCF and uh, certain reporters' fantasy. <laughs> so, if you remember yeah, no, that he, one. Yeah, I, I know he wasn't at UCF. I, he I went from Bowling Green to Syracuse. Yeah. So he did play right. And then he had 10 wins one year, and now they're horrible. Yeah, exactly. All right. Last but not least, uh, USF traveling up north to NC State. They've got a new starting quarterback, Cade Fortin. Uh, what do you think, Mike? I'm taking NC State. Um, you know, NC State didn't have any really landmark victories last year, uh, but they were a very solid team. Zonovan Knight is a tremendous running back that no one's ever heard of. Uh, they have one of the best offensive lines in not only ACC, but in the country. And Devin Leary is back, and if he could stay healthy, I think they could put up points. USF was really, really bad last year. I like Jeff Scott, good guy, but 
but I don't think his team's ready to handle NC State. I think NC State blows him out. Yeah, I, I really like Jeff Scott, too. I'm a little surprised that the way they went with the quarterback situation, uh, you know, with Cade Fortin winning the job, he's a guy who, who bounced around a little bit. At, he, was, he was at North Carolina before, right? I think he was committed to Texas A&M. I mean, he was everywhere. Yeah. He's a, I mean, it's it's kind of fun to watch where these kids commit to and up land. And I just I thought Jeff Scott would, you know, land a few higher level recruits, not four stars, but just do a little bit better with the roster. And he's still, you know, he's only been a couple of years, so still got time. But did you watch any USF football last year? Yeah, just brutal. They were terrible. Horrible. Just off. I mean, Bowling Green USF would be a push. <laughs> All right, that wraps it up for the Thursday picks. We will also have some picks for Friday night and then the big show for Saturday, so be sure to lock in on YouTube. You can also find the picks on Twitter. We'll be rolling them out uh, individually and then as one long video. So bottom line is subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe to the Godfather and Gorney feed on any of your favorite podcast provider. We'll put the audio there as well. All right, thanks, Mike. All right, no problem.